the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. As we turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're going to read very famous scripture here, verses 1 through 8. Now, i got to tell you, I read this a lot. I read this mostly at funerals and things like that. But these are very wonderful scriptures that we can use a lot in life. So let's now turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And if you can please stand on and read this word, if you can. If you can, I understand that too. I say it every week. This is true. So let's now read that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot what has been planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you all may be seated. Very strong words. I would keep that marked if I was you. I don't necessarily mean for today, but I mean in your life. I would keep Ecclesiastes chapter 3 marked because you're going to need it in life. You're going to need it in life, and it's more than just a hippie song. A time to kill, a time to heal. You know that, that song. It's more than just a song that was sung in a time of hippies and hypocrisy, quite frankly. The fact of the matter is, is it's very important. There's times that we ask questions. We ask questions quite a bit. We ask questions of the Lord God quite a bit. And that's what a lot of people do. We're going to look at these questions. Some questions we ask of God or about God. I say we as Christians. In reality, it's all the world does. And it's okay to look and wonder, to wonder why. We wonder why quite a bit. You know, the book of Lamentations is all about wondering and asking, lamenting. That's what the, it means to lament. We wonder why. But well, we ask God why a lot. Why, God? Why all the struggles, all the pains? Why all the losses? Why all the weaknesses that we have? Why the weaknesses in this world? Why the things in the world, why are they happening? Why can't we control it? Why the wars? Why the hate? Why the suffering? Why God? Why? We ask these questions. The title of today's sermon is Why God? Why? Now, when asking this, sometimes it can be questionable why we even ask it. As if we're doubting God. We're not doubting God. We're, we're simply asking questions. And sometimes people do that. So we're going to take a look at some of these things. And I'll be truthful about it. While putting this together, I got a, 
a little nervous in doing so because we don't want to doubt his power. We don't want to doubt his love. We don't want to doubt his compassion. We don't want to doubt how wonderful and majestic the Lord is. He's wonderful. But we can ask these questions. For instance, the first one, why? Why the struggles and why the pain? Well, we know the main answer. We're going to get to that, I promise. We know the answer why these things are in the world. But a lot of the people of the world, they don't. We hear it all the time. We talked about it not that long ago certain things. Well, not all the things. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about today because we know that certain things that are happening in the world right now. We know certain things, and it's important to look at these things. It's important to look at these things and have the answers in the gun of the Bible. And by the gun, I'm talking about the weaponry against the world, the weaponry against the devil. It's important to have answers, to have scriptures. So if I were you, and by you, I simply mean a Christian soldier, which I am, I would have some of these scriptures written down so that you can go to these and make sure that you have a locked and loaded. When the enemy comes to you, and he will, the enemy will come to you and try to attack you and say, see, God doesn't love you. See, you don't have any answers. You do have the answers because the Lord God is with you and you have the weapon, which is the word of God, which is the sword. When the enemy comes to you and you can be defending, defending your faith, defending and knowing that God is with you. When those people try to give questions to you, you're going to know. And more importantly, when the Satan tries to come upon you and say, see, 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 God doesn't love. Yes, he does love. He does love. He does love and is with you every single day. We're going to get to this. Why the struggles and why the pains? Why the struggles? Why the pains in life? Well, first of all, Isaiah 43, verse 2 says, When you pass through waters, I will be with you. This is the Lord talking. When you, the Isaiah 43, 2. I'm giving that to you again, so you'll know you can write it down, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Talking about the rivers now. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame kindle on you. Why is the Lord saying this? This means you will not be overcome by your troubles. This is to say you're not going to have troubles. We know we're going to have hard times. We know we're going to have troubles. We know that. But you'll not be overcome by them if you put your eyes upon the Lord God. We know that. We know that. Second question, why all the losses? What do we mean by losses? Well, we could go through it with a lot of things. We could talk about money. We could talk about things in the world. But let's mostly talk right th at this moment because this is what hits us so often. I mean, we can we all know we're going to lose things. But in reality, what hits us the most is when we lose someone. Because through money, it's going to come. It's going to go. It's going to through weight. We don't mind losing weight. Let's be honest about it. But when it comes through lots of other things, we know that. But when it comes through death and sorrow, that's the hardest because you can't just go back like a like a baseball card and bring someone back. You can't do that. When you lose someone, that's the hardest. That's sorrow. It's death. It's destruction. It hurts so bad. It hurts the heart. We know that. Why the losses? Why the death? Why the sorrow? It says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Now let's stop for a second here. What is that saying? Does that mean they die because they're sinful? Not necessarily. Death is in this world because of sin. In other words, God didn't bring, and we'll, I know we're kind of answering the question already, but God didn't bring death in the world. God didn't bring death in the world. I'm going to say it again. God didn't bring death in the world. Sin brought death in the world. God didn't kill your brother. God didn't kill your sister. God didn't kill your pet. God didn't kill your mama. 
God didn't kill your daddy. God didn't kill your grandma or your grandpa or your best friend or all these other things that could be. God didn't kill your husband. Your husband. God didn't kill your wife. God didn't do these things. Death did. What is it through death? We're talking about sin in the world. God didn't create the world full of sin. Who did? Did the devil do it? Well, I'll tell you what. The devil was the first to sin, but it wasn't in this world. Satan simply tempted, and Adam and Eve, we're talking about mankind, they brought sin in the world through the temptation that the devil brought, and so it wasn't God who created all this. Why did God allow it? He gave us free will. We know all this. We'll get into this here in just a little bit, but the fact of the matter is this, for the wages of sin is this, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. But what did God bring because of that? Well, here we go again. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord God. I'm going to tell you something. If you need to have one scripture that's going to help you out through all the questions that people bring, Romans 6.23 is it. And I mean, it's not going to be the only scripture we're going to give you today, obviously. But that is going to be the, the scripture that's going to help you out through the rest of your life. For the wages of sin is death. But, but, oh man, that's a wonderful, wonderful and. That's wonderful. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But then listen to this one, Ecclesiastes 9, 5. The living now, excuse me, the living know that they will die. The living know that they will die. We know that. We know death comes because of sin. We know that. But the dead know nothing. They have no, they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. It doesn't mean we don't remember them. That means they, have, they themselves have no more memory. The point of this is to say, now going into the New Testament, we live through salvation. Those who are dead are gone. But if they are living still because of salvation, we know and they know Jesus Christ. So they're still living. But those, when the New Testament talks about the dead, and this is not the New Testament, it's the Old Testament. But when the New Testament talks about the dead, they're talking about those who are dead spiritually. And so they no longer live. You don't have to worry about that because those who've asked Jesus Christ into their heart, they live and they live forever. Right now you may be suffering because you've lost loved ones or you're losing loved ones or whatever that might be. But if they simply believe and ask Jesus in their heart, they are not going to die. They're going to live forever. Not because of what they deserve, but because of what Christ will give them, that beautiful gift. The next question, weaknesses. Why do we have weaknesses? Well, we have lots of weaknesses. There's weaknesses, and let's talk about these weaknesses. There's different kinds of weaknesses. There's the physical weaknesses, so we all have them. I know that you know me. I have weaknesses in my knees. I have weaknesses in my head. Oh, my goodness, how many surgeries have got to have before you have a weakness or five? The fact of the matter is we have weaknesses. If you have arthritis, you know what it means to be weak. If you have cancer, you know what it means to have weaknesses in the body, the physical weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. Maybe a weak memory, folks. That might be a mental weakness. The fact is we have Weaknesses. It could be a physical weakness, a mental weakness. It might be an emotional weakness. It might be a spiritual weakness. But there are weaknesses of different types, and we all have them. We might have more than one, and we might have more than one type of weakness, but there are weaknesses all over the place. And why do we have them? Because of the world we live in. We're not perfect, but there's one perfect one who will help us with those weaknesses. Amen? Amen. He'll help you. Do you have a physical weakness today? God will help you with it. I'm not talking about he's going to heal you from it. Maybe he will. I hope he does. I, I've had a brother who was healed from some of them. I praise the Lord God for that. But here's the thing. Just because he'll help you with it doesn't mean your body's going to be physically 
healed and you're never going to die. You will physically die. It's going to happen. What about mental weaknesses? God's helped me with some of those. I still have some physical weaknesses up there, but that doesn't mean you have a mental weaknesses because you have physical weaknesses. Emotional weaknesses. You might be emotionally weak because of certain areas in your life. That doesn't mean that you are weak spiritually. Or maybe you have spiritual weaknesses because Satan attacks you with it, but that doesn't mean that you have to stay that way because you can give it to the Lord God and he can strengthen you today. There are certain weaknesses that we have, but God can help us with these things if we just hand it over to him. Maybe you're going to be physically weak, but spiritually you're going to be stronger than ever because God is going to strengthen you today, spiritually speaking. Listen to what it says in James 1.12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is tried, he will receive the crown of life. The crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You're going to be tempted. Now, I don't know what your weakness might be, but you're going to be tempted in these things. You're going to be tempted. I know I'm tempted all the time. Sometimes I failed in those. Sometimes I have not. You know what this means? This, must, this means that when you are tried, and we're mostly talking spiritually here, but when you're tried and God helps you because you lean on the Holy Spirit, not because we lean on our own understanding, not because we lean on our own strengths, but when we lean on the Lord God in those moments, God will give us in the moment that we go to him, he'll give us a crown of life. Why? First of all, you already have the crown of life through the Lord Jesus Christ, but you are going to receive great rewards, and that's not why we do it. We do it because we love the Lord God, but you have the crown of life. You have salvation because of the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12, 8-10. Listen to what it says here. Oh boy. Now this is Paul. This is Paul. He had physical ailments, and this is why I had to give you more than one, because there's so many weaknesses that we have. If you are suffering from a physical weakness today, and you've asked for healing, okay, now listen, I'm not putting down any of my, my Christian brothers or sisters. I'm not doing that. I wouldn't do that. But there are some Christians, uh, brothers and sisters, who will tell you that if you are not healed from your physical weaknesses, if you're not healed from any of your weaknesses, then you're not a good Christian. I have this to say to them, hush, hush, because you're foolish. You are quoting something that may come from one minister who is speaking pridefully because it happened to him or speaking ignorantly because he read it from some other uh, pastor so-and-so. But he, I don't want to even use weird names, but here's the thing. Those ministers are speaking foolishly because they're not speaking from the spiritual intelligence of the Word of God. Because it even says from our brother Paul, our dear brother Paul, who tried and tried and tried to be healed from all the physical ailments and other ailments that he had, and he was not healed. He went through a lot of physical problems and weaknesses, but the Lord did not heal him for whatever reason. God chose not to. And I'm here to tell you, you're going to go through physical weaknesses because we're all going to die. I know this sounds like a real bummer, but really it's not. You know why? Because the moment we leave these frail bodies, these frail, weak bodies we're gonna be with the lord god hallelujah say amen with me amen you may just be weak for the moment but boy we're gonna be i'm gonna move my chair we're gonna be strong because greater is he who is with me that he's with the lord and i'm not feeling weak anymore because i know it's just for a moment that i'm gonna be sitting here and then one moment i'm gonna be with the lord god and i feel strong already but it says this in second corinthians 12 8 through 10 it says i asked the lord three times that this thing might depart from me. Talk about a weakness now. That this thing might depart from me. 
But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, and this is Paul speaking now, therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I take pleasure in my weakness, in reproaches, in hardships, in persecutions, and in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. Praise the Lord God, let me tell you. I am weak every day. I hurt all sorts of things. I was on the floor the other day, shake, rattle, and rolling through seizures. But you know what? Even in the moment when I could not talk, I was praising the Lord God because greater is he who's in me than he who's of the world. And I know the Lord God was with me. Even though I couldn't say much, I know God was with me, and I'm not giving up. So, with that being said, why God? Why do we go through these hard times? Folks, I'm not saying I want to go through them again and again. I don't like it. I don't like those things. I don't like going through that stuff. You know, it's easy to say that, but when, when you're going through it, whoo, it hurts, and you're calling out to God, why, God? Why do we go through this? Oh, it doesn't feel good. And God says, just put your trust in me. I am. I am. It hurts, but we got to do it. Because what else you got? you got to put your trust in the Lord God. you got to. What about the things that are happening in the world today? The things that are happening, we cannot control them. Folks, you can't control it. You can't control what's going on in the world. You can't do it when you watch the news and you see all the things going on. We can't control them. Oh, we like to. We like to talk big. I'm not saying you do. But a lot of times we talk big. Well, if it was me up there, if it was me in the White House, if it was me out there, I would do this. Yeah, but you're not. And you can't control it. You're not in charge of all the things. You could talk big like Popeye the Sailor Man, but you're not. You could talk big like people on TV, but you're not. You can only do what God has given you the ability to do, which is to have faith in him, serve him. Listen to what it says in John 16, 33, and this is Jesus speaking. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then it says, in the world you will have tribulation. He didn't say you might. He said you will have tribulation. He says, but be of good cheer. What did Jesus then say? I have overcome the world. Amen. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not saying it's not going to be a pain in the neck. But at the same time, even though it's going to be a pain in the neck, and it is, the way that people behave, out of God's will, and they are. They're out of God's will. They are. Even lots of Christians are out of God's will, folks. But here's the thing. We can only control what we do and how we behave. Follow God. Follow God. We're going to have tribulations. But we need to be of good cheer even through the tribulations. So the things that happen in the world that we can't control. Let's talk about a couple of them. Wars. War. What's it any good for? Well, absolutely nothing. We know that. Not just because of the hippie song either. But we know that because the way things happen in this world. Let's see what Jesus said about that. Talk about wars. I only got one verse that we're going to read about this. I'm not going to go through all that. We already know we don't like war. Wars happen. They happen through the world of sin. We know that because of pride, because of power, because people want it. You don't have to have a stupid name like Putin because it is a dumb name. Sounds like all, I don't know what it sounds, but it's, it's full of sounding. But Putin uh, is a dumb sounding name. Sounds like something that Dr. Seuss would have made up. But the fact of the matter is, is people like that, they want power. They want control. They want pride. He isn't the only one. There's many of them who have and who do. But the fact of the matter is, is wars happen. 
Matthew 24, 6 through 7 says this, and this is Jesus. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. That's the most important part. See that you are not troubled. See that you are not troubled. I know. I know that we get nervous. And it's okay. It's okay that we're human. It's okay that we have emotion. It's okay that we don't want people to be hurt. Of course we don't. We love them. We don't want people to be hurt. And by the way, I don't want anyone to be hurt. I don't want anybody of any place to ever be hurt. I don't want anyone to be hurt ever. Of course. Of course. Of course. I pray. Yes, I even pray for Putin. I pray that he'll come to know the Lord God. I pray that he'll follow God and not his own self, his own understanding. I pray for all people all the time. I pray for our president. I pray for people of all sorts. Whether you like them, whether you don't, it doesn't matter. You say, but I am a this. I'm a this. I'm a, I'm a this political realm. I'm a this political. It doesn't matter. You pray for the people because you love them. That's why. But listen to what it says in Matthew 24, 6 or 7 again. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must happen. But the end is not yet. And this was then. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, epidemics, and earthquakes in various places. Folks, it's been happening. Why? Back to the sin. It happened then. It's going to happen now because of what mankind did way back when with Adam and Eve. We know that. We know that. And what about hate? Hate. Why do people hate? It's been happening ever since sin entered into the world. I'm going to read to you Proverbs 8.13. Because this is important. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord. By the way, fear doesn't mean to be afraid of him. It means to respect him. It means to honor him. It means to put him first. The fear of the Lord is to hate all evil. There is a time to hate. It doesn't mean to hate people. People misquote that from Ecclesiastes all the time. Well, it says it's a time to hate. It doesn't mean you hate people. Well, I deserve to hate them. They cut in front of me at the grocery store. Okay, I understand. There's a, you might be irritated, I get that, but that doesn't mean you hate them. Uh, they, I got a right to hate these people. They got a sign in the yard I don't like. Well, I got a right to hate them. They stole something. Look, I get it. Being angry is one thing, but be angry and say not. I understand we have the right to have emotions, but don't let those emotions have you. I understand. But folks, there's a difference between being angry and hating. We're to hate evil. We're to hate Satan. It's okay to hate Satan. Because Satan is evil. He's complete opposite of the Lord God. We're not to hate anyone. But they voted different than me. So what? You don't hate them, you pray for them. But they like a different this than that than me. So what? Doesn't matter. You love them. You want the best for them. Yeah, but they like blue and I like red. So what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't you understand? We're to love people, not hate them. We're supposed to allow the love of the Lord God to reach out of us into them and bring them to the fold of the Lord God, not us, but him through us. So we're not to hate. So it says in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. It's the Lord God talking. So Lord God talking. God hates those things. God hates perverse. God hates evil. How are we to judge what is evil? I got news for you. We're not. The Holy Spirit is. 
So this is where you follow the Lord God, his word, Holy Spirit, and it will guide you to know. You'll know. But we're not to hate people. We're not to be bitter. Let's read what it says in Ephesians 4.31. Let all, and we're talking about ourselves here. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outburst, and blasphemies, which we hear a lot, especially on TV, blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you. I mention a lot that people, even sometimes Christians, I hear making jokes, mocking God's name. Folks, it's not to be, that's blasphemy. Who are you to say what's blasphemy? I'm not. The word of God is. Oh, that's really judgmental of you. No. No, come on. Come on. We understand. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. If you walk up to somebody and kick them in the back, by the way, I don't know if your legs are that tall, but if you if you kick them in the shin, if you kick them in the shin, well, that's wrong. Who are you to judge? Common sense. Common sense tells us what's right and wrong. We know. We know when we're doing wrong, too, don't we? Yes, I think we do. And by the way, the Holy Spirit tells us when it's wrong, and we know it. This is a lot of times why we make excuses for ourselves. Who are they to judge? The Holy Spirit's telling you, and you know it. 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, talking about the Lord now, if we say we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And that's difficult. Then 1 John 2, 9 through 11. Let's think about who this is who's talking. This is John, the beloved. This is John, the beloved one. He not only knew of Christ, he knew him personally and was with him. And by the way, he was the one, the disciple, who saw Jesus on the cross and walked away with his mother because Jesus said to take care of her. Think about that. Think about that. He says in 1 John 2, 9 through 11, whoever says he is in the light but hates his brother, we're talking about our brother and sisters Christ here, but hates his brother is in darkness even until now. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness, and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Folks, we're not to hang on to hate. We're to let go of these things, to love people. I'm not saying you can't be angry, but give it to God before it becomes hatred, before you hang on to it. Let go of the grudges. Keep going forward. I'll talk more about that as we come up. But then there's the last part, which is suffering. In life you will suffer, especially as Christians. You're going to suffer. Christ suffered for you. Why wouldn't you suffer? Of course you're going to suffer. Of course you're going to suffer. What does it say? Take up thy cross and follow me. Folks, this is not a spiritual symbol. I realize that we use it as symbols now, but before it was up on the, the walls of churches and up on the top of steeples, before that, it was a death sentence. Take up your death sentence and follow me. Take up the electric chair and follow me. Take up the little, the little, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, the little, uh, whatever you call them, the little, uh, I can't think of the name of it now. The shot with, with poison in it and follow me. It basically means take up death and follow me. That's what it means. Take up death and follow me. Whoo, that's real inviting, isn't it? Folks, that's what it means. You're going to die to your old self. That's what it means. You're going to suffer. In life, you will suffer. You're going to suffer in life anyway. But will you suffer as a Christian? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, I would. I would tell the suffering comes on you. Then it's hard. Oh, it's hard. Oh, but they mocked me. Oh, but they made fun of me. Oh, they said I'm a dummy because I read the Bible. They said that I'm old-fashioned. 
Oh, God forbid. They call you old-fashioned. I'd rather be old-fashioned than new-fashioned any day. But they said that I'm not woke. Thank God. Thank God I'm not woke. I'd rather wake up to Jesus Christ every day than be woke to the new ways of things. Praise the Lord God. It says in Psalm 9, 9 through 10, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. And that's you. You're oppressed every day for him. That's what it says. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name will put their trust in you for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So seek the Lord God. He's there with you. 1 Peter 4.12 Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though some strange thing happened to you. God knew it was going to happen. You should know too. 1 Peter 3.14 But even if you suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not be afraid of their terror. Do not be troubled. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very difficult not to be troubled sometimes, but we can know that Christ went through far much more for us than we ever will for him. It goes to say this in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yes, and all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We're going to suffer persecution because we're living for the one, the only way to heaven. And folks, the people of the world, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Why do they not want to hear that? Because that means there has to be a change somewhere. They don't want to hear that. There are so many more things that I could say to you today, and I will say a few more things. But know this in Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed to us. So the question is why God? And the answer is this. The answer is sin entered the world that God made perfect and mankind made a mess. And we know that. We know that. So those are the questions that keep being asked. People ask why God? Why all the struggles? Why all the pains? Why all the losses? Why all the weaknesses? Why do the things the world, uh, why are they happening that we can't control? Why the wars? Why the hate? Why the suffering? But there's another round, another round of questions that we should ask. Now, I don't have time to go through everything, but I'm going to ask these questions. The questions that we should ask are not those things. Those are the things in which we ask, asking, why did you put us through these? Why do we go through these? But here's the questions that should be asked. Why, God? Why do you love me? Why do you continue to bless me? Why are you so patient? Why do you forgive me, even though I have all these failings and weaknesses and mistakes that I make? Why, Lord God, why did you come? Why did you come and struggle and feel the physical pain and have losses in your life? And he did. He lost friends. He lost his father. He went through much. Think of all he had in heaven he gave up to come here to go through what he went through for us. Lord God, Jesus, why did you feel the physical weaknesses and go through all the things of this world? Feel the problems with the wars and feel all the hate all around you and go through all the suffering? And you may think, what wars? What did he go through? Folks, the Romans took over over there. The Romans took over. He felt all that. He saw the soldiers. We know what he went through. And not just that, all the spiritual wars were going on. The demons were involved. 
He had to stand up to the devil himself. He had to go through all those things. And he went through it. And those soldiers on both ends of the Jewish soldiers, those people over there and the Roman soldiers, and you could even say in the spiritual sense, he went through every single war that we can't even begin to think of. He went through all of it, Jesus Christ did. And we can ask those questions, why? Why did you go through all this? And it can be answered simply because God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting eternal life. It goes on to say in verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Not that we perhaps will be saved, but that if we put our faith in him, we can be saved. That's why. That is why. That is why. 1 Peter 4.1 Therefore, since Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And it says in Hebrews 2.14 So then, as the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise took part in these, so that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is, the devil. So when we ask God, why? Why God? We need to remember, we can also ask those questions. Why? Why do you love me? Why do you bless me? Why are you patient with me? Why do you forgive me? Even through my failings, why did you come and struggle and feel the pain, all the losses, the physical weakness, and go through all the things of the world, through the wars, and the, feel the hate all around you, and go through all the suffering for me? Why did you do that, Lord? And the answer is simple. Why did God do this? Because you love me. Because you love me. You love me enough that you went through all this and more. That is why. The next time we start asking why God, I think deep down we know why. Let's not allow ourselves to be overcome by the questions, but by the answer. The answer is that sin entered the world that God made perfect, and that we made a mess. Mankind made a mess of all of it. But God went through it too. And why? Because he loves you. That's why. That is why. And as we close here today, and i got a lot more I could read, but I won't. I won't. I will close by reading Revelation 21.4. And I want you to remember, this is coming. It might be real, real soon. It might be a long time from now. I don't know. Only God does. Remember that. When you're reading in a newspaper that's going to happen in two weeks, or you're reading it's going to happen in two years, or you're reading it's going to happen in 200 years, remember, only God knows. Nobody else does. Remember that. You just follow him. Just follow him. He'll take care of the rest. Live today as if it was your last. And in that sense, I mean, follow him with no fear. Always live obedient to God, and you have nothing to fear. That's all it means. Revelations 21.4 says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither shall there be any more sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. Why, God? Because you love me. Let's bow in prayer. 
Dear precious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day in which we can come to you. We can ask you why you allow us to go through these things. We know it's to make us stronger, but we also know, Lord God, you love us. And that you're with us when we go through difficulties. I pray for anyone who's suffering physically today. I pray that you will be with them and strengthen them spiritually today. I pray, Lord, for all those who have lost someone or are losing someone. I pray that even through that, they will gain strength. And Lord God, I pray for those who are suffering and going through tests spiritually, that this day and tomorrow and the next and the next, Lord, that they'll grow stronger and walk through faith and be made strong through this walk. Lord, I pray for all of this in your name. I pray if there be anyone, Lord, who you're calling out to today, who needs strength, who needs help, who you're talking to today through all this, I pray, Lord God, that they will listen to you and you will strengthen them. I pray for all this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.